Good day to Dario's World Podcasting. Here's Dario Cucci, international speaker, um, sales and uh, my, you know, business, holistic business and life coach and salesman shifter and author. I am today with um, James um, Alexander Ellis, who is an international recognized uh, personal trainer, helps uh, busy entrepreneurs and business owners and individuals uh, to actually get in shape without having to end up being a bodybuilder, without having to, you know, buy all the supplements in the world to get there. And, um, you know, in a very efficient way, even if it is just like 30 minutes a day. So, James, how did you end up? First of all, it's great to have you here. How um, did you end up ultimately becoming a personal trainer? Hey, Dario. Uh, first of all, thanks very much for having me. It's great to see you. Um, I've got an interesting journey, which I started really working in a corporate environment. Um, I was working in a very busy architect's office, um, attending meetings all day. And um, I was really secretly really obsessed by the gym. And I was interested in get, staying in shape. And I was quite interested in bodybuilding. And I was always eating healthy whilst I was in the office. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously, it was, a, it was a bit of a restraint for me, I think. And I think I was the odd one out. And I found myself daydreaming about um, training and maybe helping others. Because obviously sometimes the corporate environment doesn't lend itself to, um, uh, you know, health and wellness. Um, and so I was, um, I sort of had my arm twisted by my friends and family to maybe consider a career change, which was back in 2009 now. And I was lucky enough to be able to pretty quickly retrain as a personal trainer and I think within literally six months I turned myself from full-time employment um, as an architect moved to full-time as a personal trainer and that was probably I guess the big turning point for me and that's something that's led me to this place today and I'm certainly happier working in that niche and certainly happier being self-employed. Yeah absolutely absolutely so you know, one of the things that, uh, I mean, I have been training with you as well, but one of the things I do appreciate with you is that you're very, you know, caring in a way that you are responding and, and giving updates and, and letting me know where I'm at and what I can do um, in a systematic approach kind of thing. Uh, and also that we have our check-ins once every uh, two weeks kind of thing. Now, yeah. what do you find is the biggest uh, myth or myths that people have when it comes to training and nutrition in, in order to get to shape in, you know, to get yourself into shape? Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, the problem is, is that the weight loss and wellness industry has um, just got so huge in terms of global revenue. Um, it's a market now which is really set up to sort of catch people out and take their money. And I'm not saying that, um, you know, business owners and entrepreneurs don't have people's, you know, best interests at heart, but they've certainly grown an industry which is full of um, crazy claims and, you know, um, quick fixes. And I think the main thing is that... Um, because of the availability of information on Google and YouTube, we've got this kind of like overload of information and the overload of information gives us this concept that it's information that we need to overcome our problem. And that's probably one of the main myths. And it's a fad in itself is this gathering of new items, information, training plans. So very standard thing for any of my male clients to say to me at some point in our coaching journey is, 
oh, well, I've seen this new workout called XYZ workout. It's supposed to be really good for weight loss. And I usually try and say, look, don't focus on a particular protocol or a certain style of workout. Think mm -hmm. more about, um, you know, how often do you train? How hard do you train? Are you yeah. supplementing that with healthy eating? So it's looking at things in isolation because we get them delivered in isolation uh, in terms of information mostly. That's probably the biggest thing that, that, that messes people up because it turns us into this, this um, solution. We're looking for solutions in small chunks. But um, as we all know, the, um, the sort of ecosystem of your life is the thing that decides whether or not you are going to be successful with your fitness and your health. And there's a lot of the obvious things. It's, you know, um, is there a better time of day to work out? I always say to my clients, absolutely not definitely not a better time to work. It's purely down to your personal preference in terms of will you burn more fat or build more muscle? Very unlikely. What's much more important is your diary and what you think you can stick to. Um, so that's the perfect example of saying, well, even if it was 1% more effective to work out in the morning on an empty stomach, but the trainee hated doing that and they stopped doing it after a few days and skipped their workouts, then it's 0% effective. So I think workout time or even meal times is the perfect example where it has to be tailored to some of it is sustainable. Otherwise, it's worth nothing at all. Yeah, so that answers it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's really I mean, to be honest, there is it's so there's so much information. It's very confusing, you mm. know. Some personal trainers and experts say it's great to work out in the morning. How to say do it at night time before you go to bed. Mm. Another person says do it before you have lunch. So you are, you know, you are actually um, getting to, if you do a hit trading, you get into the burnout effect kind of thing. And at the same time, you know, the same goes for your diet or what you should eat and make it a lifestyle. I mean, I found it um, at times helpful when I used my fitness pal to track the calories mm. because you get an idea about it. But Definitely. the problem is it's not like something you do all the time, you know. And some foods are so tricky to figure out how much calories that do they have because they are so much processed, you know. And if you buy like diet meals or you know, things where there's less fat or less sugar in it, then you might think, well, they don't have many calories, but they end up doing, have, they do have a, um, mm. a high, you know, lots of calories sometimes. So what's the simplest approach ultimately? I mean, you can track things all your life, but eventually you want to have a, a way of doing things that is simple and mm. effective. So what's the best kind of simple method that one can do to have an idea how many calories they actually intake with the food they, they do in order to, say, lose body fat and, and keep it off, you know, that sort of thing? Yeah, no, it's a really good question because, you know, this is, this is almost like the holy grail of weight loss is, is how does a man find a, um, a simple system mm. that you can sustain without having to be glued to a, an app or multiple apps during the day. And I think this is something that we might call intuitive eating, this concept that um, as a sort of human, we're able to apply some self-control and some understanding to the foods that we eat so that we, um, we can maybe do some sort of intelligent guessing across the day. There's lots of different ways we could do that. I guess 
one thing that does set people up nicely if they are on a sort of temporary journey of weight loss or a, or a long-term maintenance plan is to do some logging or tracking at some point because using an app such as MyFitnessPal um, for a few days or even a few weeks, whether it's daily or casually, will give you a really good insight into the calorie value of foods, which is something that a lot of people just don't have. So you yeah. start to understand what your meals um, might equal in terms of calories or what that snack that is your default snack um, might equal. Good example is a lot of people's healthy default snack is a handful of nuts, which I totally endorse snacking on nuts, but they are calorie dense. And often I'll get a client say, oh my God, I just weighed the 50 grams of cashews it's 500 calories like that's a quarter of my day's allowance yeah. you know i'm like that's fine you know don't eat 50 grams but maybe let's bring it down to 20 and, and understand how many calories is in that handful and maybe look at how much the handful is so you can see it with your eyes um so that's one system is to have done some logging and tracking to mm -hmm. get an idea of the calorie value and then you use your sort of uh, interpretive skills the next thing I'd say is that um, we tend to get a lot of extra calories in our day as, as um, busy humans by what I call blind eating. That's the probably term you've heard me use before, which is essentially just eating things with um, no appreciation or mindfulness um, yeah. whilst we're doing other tasks. So a standard one is eating at the desk, which can be a little bit unavoidable sometimes, but I recommend never doing it. Uh, eating while standing up in the kitchen, probably looking in the fridge or e eating whilst preparing a meal. That's These are all things that we tend to inhale calories and we don't really appreciate them. Probably we'll forget them after we've eaten them. So then I'll say to a client, right, how much did you eat that day? I had these meals and they would actually generally forgotten they were eating whilst they were preparing their food. So yeah. this is another way that food, food endures just goes into the human body. So again, that's probably another main thing that would really help is to be aware of where you might be doing blind eating. And um, you can certainly lose quite a lot of excess calories. And at the end of the day, we're talking in most cases uh, with men, it's the um, excess calorie intake that's causing weight loss is the sort of master concept. So if we can um, cut out unnecessary foods because at the end of the day sitting down and eating a meal um, with a knife and fork at a table is the best way to enjoy food or you eat with a friend that's an example again it's a formal setting and you can be mindful about your eating but um, just showing food in with one hand and, and clicking on the on the laptop or whatever is uh, probably not the best way um, yeah. so yeah hope that helps absolutely now you are i mean you're doing bodybuilding yourself when did you find that it became sort of like a routine for you where you didn't have to think about it anymore? I mean, um, I find it really hard to get into a routine to really go, this is not my lifestyle. Mm. When did you find, you know, going from the regular training into it being the routine that you have now with your training itself without even having to, having to think about it? Yeah, that's a good question. I can give a slightly shorter answer this time. For me, it was actually working out in the morning because at that particular time, that was best for my lifestyle because I knew yeah. I wouldn't go in the evening because, you know, you finish your day's work and you just want to relax. So um, I had a training partner at my work, at my architect's office. He was like a sort of junior architect and we got really friendly and we said, let's train together and let's train in the morning. We were like, oh, it's going to be painful waking up at 6 a.m. 
to get yeah. to the gym in time. So we motivated each other and we took it in turns to ring each other at 6 a.m. as like an alarm call. So we started doing that and we did that for quite a few weeks in a row. Every morning we'd, we'd pick each other up, we would swap the driving duties mm. and we'd arrive at each other's house, pick up, drive to the gym and then drop off on the way home. So it became this accountability tool. It was very, very simple. And it's actually something that's probably quite an underrated system is A, finding the time of day that suits and B, having a buddy to train with. Yeah, absolutely. So it'd be a good idea to actually get somebody to, even if it is like a, a training partner, even if it's not a personal trainer, mm. but just um, have regular sessions in the morning or evening or lunchtime, whenever it is, when it's most convenient for mm. it to become a routine. Definitely. And if, if you don't have anyone in your immediate network, um, it's quite possible that by spending enough time at the gym and being a little bit sociable, other people are looking for accountability buddies and you can set up a little uh, new relationship with someone that you get chatting to maybe after a few times so you don't come across as too keen or a bit too much of a weirdo but after maybe a few times of meeting someone you could suggest uh, that you might train together and then after a few sessions of that you might suggest that that is a almost like a formal arrangement so then you can you can create your own workout friend if you don't have someone because a lot of us are trying to do this in isolation mm -hmm. we don't have support from friends and family because you know um we we have a culture which lends itself towards being sedentary and, and towards uh, you know poor eating habits and that's why we've got this obesity epidemic going on so yeah you could probably possibly find a, uh, a workout buddy actually at the gym okay awesome so what do you i mean when it comes to doesn't matter if it's man or woman but how do you have a mindset that's it's such a way in a productive mindset, like a positive mindset, especially now during this holy bullshit of COVID-19 and everything else that's going on. Um, how do you stay positive and, and have that mindset that, you, that keeps you going ultimately? I think one of the most positive ways to look at exercise and or healthy eating is um, not to see it as um, um, a restraint, you know, that we um, you have to go to the gym or you have to get up and work out or that you have to eat to, to eat healthy, but maybe sort of reframe it that it's a positive thing that you get to work out. You know, how yeah. lucky we are that we're healthy enough and we're mobile enough that we get to go to the gym. Mm. Or, you know, it's like a, a gratitude routine. It's something that you'd be very familiar with in your work. Um, so reframing these, um, these activities as positives, you know, how lucky I am that I get to choose what I eat. So many people in this world obviously don't get to choose what they eat, don't have enough food. So choosing to eat healthy um, then reframes it rather than something that you dread. You actually think, well, I'm, this is a positive choice. For me, it's a bit like being self-employed. Um, I can never be too depressed with how my day is going because all my business is based on my own personal choices. I don't have anyone yeah. making choices for me. So it's the same with diets and, and training. And again, another important mindset, I think, with trainees um, is that... Um, I think it's it's thinking about um, long-term results rather than short-term fixes. Again, this mm -hmm. is something that we've been force-fed mostly through the, the media and the fitness media is this sort of quick overnight transformation. Um, and it hasn't really helped anyone. Uh, it hasn't helped personal trainers because they're expected to give their clients results overnight. It hasn't helped the trainee or the client because they're expecting results overnight. So if everyone resets and, and comes up with a slightly more realistic long-term approach, the best one I would say is if a client tells me it's taken them um, two years to gain 10 kilos of fat that they don't want and they're now very unhappy, 
Um, I would say like, okay, so it's taken you two years to gain it, but you're expecting to lose it all in six weeks. You know, there's a, clearly like a disconnect there in reality. So I think it's just approaching the whole journey with a slightly more long-term mindset. And therefore um, that can make us happier. You know, it's our approach to the, the process and what our expectations are. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it, it, you can do that very much with the help of a professional for the, for the unlucky trainee who is just wading through YouTube and Google you would go away from the interaction thinking that it's something that you should do very quickly with some quick fix. And therefore we fall off the wagon and we get upset or depressed and we get this cycle of, of regaining weight, etc. Yeah, so yeah, I think I mean, that's, that's probably the best couple of mindset options. Do, do you find that, I mean, the thing is, will with all the programs that are out there, they, they do tend to promise quick fixes, you know, yeah. like, Uh, you know, in next uh, three months or four months, you can lose 20 pounds or, you know, things like that, where it does get, you know, promised that way. So you cannot blame people going, well, you shouldn't have that expectation when it does get promised. So the thing about it is, I mean, I know from my past when I actually studied some of that stuff in uh, back in Australia, you can lose up to one kilo per week, which is, I don't know how many pounds that is, but... Yeah, 2.2. Uh, <laughs> is it two pounds? Is it? Yeah, 2.2 pounds. 2.2 Okay. So that would mean that in three months, I could potentially lose about um, 24.8 pounds approximately so which is equal about to 12 kilos mm. yeah so when we are looking at that i mean that's a quite a lot right mm. but for that you need to be really organized you need to be really stringent and the problem that comes with it once you are going back to being just you normally Yes. Then you put it back on. Definitely. So how can you avoid that? Well, you know what? This is a really tricky concept because um, when we start moving into the medium term part of our goal and we've gone past initial uh, success, um, it can be very easy to fall back. Um, and this is usually because of um, a couple of things. The main thing is that, um, and I've experienced the same thing with business as well as fitness, it's what I call getting comfortable. And you'll know what that means is that when um, things are going okay for a while, the amount of pain we're experiencing starts to reduce. So our motivation starts to drop slightly. Um, so we don't have that laser focus uh, that we did when we started. So I think it's very important that once, um, you know, the comfort zone starts to come back, which for most people could be just a few kilos of weight loss, which could just take just a few weeks because your friends and family compliment you, you feel better, you're sleeping better. So many changes with just a few kilos of weight loss. And it's very easy, especially for a busy male professional to start to relax. And then before you know it, the treats come in, more alcohol, poor lifestyle choices. So I think having someone to keep you accountable long-term is key in this particular one. Uh, if you don't have that option, then um, it's goal setting and very specific um, measured rewriting down of goals all the time. And you maybe have a vision board or you write down um, these things regularly. Yeah. 
so that your um, things like your weight or your shape or however you choose to measure success mm. in your own fitness world, these things are um, refreshed and represented um, visually, regularly speaking. Obviously, that, that would work with business as well. You know, you can think about your turnover and all that sort of thing. Absolutely. So that's, um, that's one thing. I think the other thing is that um, it's understanding that the things that got you to where you got when you say you go from A to B, and you get comfortable and then you start to start to slip you need to use the same tools and the same systems usually to scale yourself fitness wise um, yeah. from b to c um, you don't really need to know anything new necessarily but what will happen this is what can make weight loss hard is that it can be harder to keep losing weight because most of us have a natural level where we will slow down and we'll become about as lean as we can be without, like you said, having to become a bodybuilder and have to be really strict. So mm. I think it's understanding that um, say we spoke about just now, maybe the idea of losing 12 kilos, which is a, a massive lifetime goal for a lot of men. And, you know, it might take a few months, could take a year for some guys. Once you get to the halfway point, six kilos in and you're feeling great, looking different, the next six kilos is absolutely going to be harder. Um, yeah. Probably going to require, again, the same tools and skill set, the same habits, but like a, a firmer application. So, you know, you're going to have to probably find that overall the food that you eat is even less than you're eating when yeah. you're six kilos heavier. A lot of people don't do that. They don't consider that if you weigh 60 kilos and you take six kilos away, you've taken away 10% of your body weight. So you actually don't need to eat as much food to lose weight in the next phase. So it's, um, again, this can be great if you've got someone to talk you through it and you've got a coach, but if you haven't, I think it's, it's understanding that um, you sometimes need to eat even less and do even more to push to the next level. And yeah. for some people, that might be too much. And actually, you might, someone might say to me, I want to lose 12 kilos in the next year. I would say, let's keep for six. Yeah, mm. let's just stick with six and let's talk about it again. Because yeah. if you fixate on the, well, I wouldn't say the impossible, but if you fixate on something that's uh, really out of your reach and you don't get there, it can cause a sort of collapse. Mm. So yeah, but it's a very good point. It's, it's long-term long goals and maintenance can be much trickier because of the aforementioned issues. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think is one of the, best ways to say you know use supplements in order to achieve your goals when it comes to fitness are there supplements that are actually useful to have or not at all yeah i mean my um uh, over the years of bodybuilding and being really obsessed with the technical stuff I, I i took lots of little supplements all the health supplements all the different minerals all the kind of, i tried lots of little fad things because then they were all human we all try fad supplements it's just part of nature and like you said they they're so heavily sold to us that, that we can't help it i think one thing i learned was that um looking at the body as a sort of ecosystem of health and, yeah. and performance um if you can get that uh, running smoothly then the weight loss and the fat loss and the energy levels can take care of themselves just by the other stuff that you do which is dieting and training mm. so actually the majority of supplements i would suggest to um friends and clients would be things that just support optimal um, things like your immune system, uh, optimal energy levels, and making sure that your key things like vitamins and minerals that you might be um, lower on are topped up. So one of the things I recommend to almost all my male and female clients would be um, magnesium because it's a, a mineral that um, can be harder to get 
through some of the food that we eat. And magnesium has a very important role in how alert, but also how calm we are during the day. So basically one of our key drivers for energy levels and perception of energy during the day in the brain anyway is magnesium. And it can be a great tool for helping with sleep, but it can be a great tool for helping keep, keeping you alert. So that's something that is very easy to source um, thanks to health food stores. Um, another one, um, and you know this is a favorite of mine because I've always talked about it, is omega-3. There's so much research around the um, how effective the omega-3 type of essential fatty acid is. So that's the sort of thing you'd find mostly in fatty or oily fish, but mm. it can also be got through um, seeds and nuts, but it gets um, basically transformed in the body via a different uh, chemical and it gets converted into omega-3. So the right. most direct way to get omega-3 is usually through oily or fatty fish or by taking a quality omega-3 supplement. Now, some of the benefits of omega-3, and again, they're not necessarily related to, to weight loss as such, but it's anti-inflammatory and uh, improved cognitive function. Yeah. And these are all things that help us um, navigate our way through life on a daily basis. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of the supplements I would suggest are what we just would call standard health supplements. Um, okay. My, my one go-to I recommend to, to anyone is, is something that would increase protein intake. So obviously that would be some kind of protein supplement or protein shake yeah. purely because um, the first thing that we try to encourage people that are eating healthy to do is to make sure they get enough protein. Yeah. Uh, it is quite easy to eat a low protein diet, although modern culture does starting to really push protein as a thing. It's something that in the last 10 years has become everywhere. It is mm. still very easy to eat um you know um processed foods which are low in protein so adding a protein shake during the day supports the um the role of weight training in your life because obviously if you're training with weights which is the ultimate tool for getting in shape for most people um you're better off doing that with a bit more protein in your diet to help rebuild muscle yeah so i think those would be my basics something like you know your basic vitamins and minerals um, um an omega-3 supplement and whey protein or a, you know a vegan or a vegetarian option if you're a plant-based dieter fantastic oh wow very informative thank you so much um when you know is there like you know, what's the best way if people want to ultimately get things started, even now uh, during, you know, during this time before the new year or in the new year, um, how they can uh, ultimately best get in contact with you is the best to get in contact with you through Instagram or through LinkedIn or should I, you know, share with the listeners your website? What's the best way to, you know, reach out to you if they want to get things started? Yeah, I mean, um, I obviously am guilty of using my Instagram daily, like most um, modern humans. And that's the main place where I'm placing content and talking to my audience. I mean, my website is jamesalexanderellis.com. And I guess that's maybe like more of a sort of corporate um, front end for my business. Uh, my Instagram, which is at jamesalexanderellis, that is um, a bit more fun. The content's a bit more fun. There's a bit more kind of visual excitement on instagram obviously so that's probably the best place for people to find me and then if anyone wants to reach out they can send me a dm um like with all um instagram accounts i guess it can be best if you're someone's not following you you want to contact them by dm you sort of would comment on their post and say oh hey i've sent you a dm just in case that person doesn't see it sure but yeah, that would be a great way. And obviously there's plenty of content on my Instagram, um, which is sort of relative to um, the stuff we've spoken about today. Sounds great. Awesome. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing all your all your valuable knowledge. It was very much, you know, very insightful. And that I'm sure that the listeners can, you know, um, use uh, the gold nuggets you shared today and uh, hopefully not only get uh, in shape, but also be able to know what to do in regards to staying motivated and on, you know, what to look out for when it comes to supplements and things like that. And um, yeah, thank you again for being part of uh, Dario's world. Thanks so much. No worries, Dario. Thanks very much for having me. And uh, to the listeners, thanks for your time. Thank you. Bye.